I just want to welcome any visitors. We've got amazing new people with us. We've got the Year of Your Lives, Lifers who started last week. Congratulations and welcome. We've got the Worship Academy people who have arrived and are also here. So welcome Worship Academy people. And then we also have all new varsities, people, oh, varsities, not varsities, varsity students. Maybe some of you are entering into, you finished matric and you're now going to study, or some of you are coming here from another space. And for all those who are visiting, and maybe you're not even going to varsity and you're just visiting, we just want to say welcome. It's really nice to have you amongst our family. And we really hope to get to know you better and to just spend more time with you. We're looking forward to getting to know you. So feel welcome. We've got a host table. Please go say hello and make yourself known. We're going to be starting while I'm right there at the host table. Connect is going to be relaunched. We are redoing. We're giving it a complete makeover. I'm not allowed to give away any of the secrets. So keep, follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more information, but please keep a close tab. We're gonna be releasing all the information on what you need to know. It's not gonna be the same. Um, also very, very exciting time. Next week, Sunday, in the morning service, we are gonna have a mass baptism. So if you are wanting to baptize, if you have never been baptized, we wanna invite you to come. We want to invite you to come to the morning service as well, where there'll be a teaching on baptism. And if some of you are sitting here going, well, what is baptism? Please come and see one of the leaders afterwards. We'd love to tell you more about it. It is an act of being able to follow the Lord and just follow in His footsteps of what He's asked us to do for obedience. So we'd love to have you there. It's going to be a little bit of a longer service, so just be mentally prepared for that. I hope you all enjoyed the week of prayer and fasting. I think it was amazing. I think there was something broken in the spirit, which is very cool. And for some of us, maybe we've started a new, sorry, a new pattern in our lives. <laughs> we've started a new pattern, and I want to encourage you to carry on walking that. Because whole life discipleship doesn't just happen at church on a Sunday. It's how we live out our life. And me being a Christian as well, knowing life, I need my friends. I need my brothers and sisters in Christ to, who can encourage me and keep me going. So if you're looking for spaces where you can still get involved and carry on the journey so someone can hold you accountable, please know that there's resources for this journey found at the back of the prayer one that we, that we did this week. If you don't have one, there's, there's plenty on this table you can come and get. So there's daily prayer and devotions. There's a prayer course that's going to be taking place. There's 24-7 prayer index somewhere. Yeah, in the back of this book. <laughs> There's a prayer devotion that you can work through. And even this book, you can go through it over and over again. My grandfather was a Christian for over 55 years um, before he passed away. And he was also a pastor. And he says, you know what? It's so beautiful. Every single time he opens the Bible, he learns something new. Because the scripture is alive and it's active. And so the Lord speaks to us through His Word. So no, never get bored with it because otherwise you're reading it wrong and then come and to the Bible study courses on Sunday morning and we'll teach you. We want to be able to continue your prayer journey. Come with us to a pre-service prayer. You're all welcome. We're there praying up a storm for the service of what the Lord is wanting to do in our lives. Come, we're going to be having prayer worship evenings starting on the 29th of January, the 26th of February, and the 18th of March, where we're going to have prayer evenings, which is going to be amazing. And there's lots more info in this book, but if I carry on reading it, I'm not going to give Litsolo any time. So 
I just really want to encourage you. But before I hand over to Lusola, I just want to pray for everybody here. I want to pray for students who are going into second year, third year, fourth year. I want to pray for parents whose children are going to the next grade or children who are here going into the next grade for the year of your life for the worship academy and for all of us for the seasons that we'll be entering into. And so Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be alive in you. I want to thank you for an opportunity and seasons that come, Lord, because things don't stay the same. same. And Lord, wherever we're going in life, whether we're a parent having to disciple our children and help them in the new grade, whether we're students having to face the overwhelmingness of varsity, whether we, we worship academy or year of your life coming for our lives to be completely blown upside down, Father God, and changed because of who you are, Lord, I want to say thank you. Thank you that you'll be with the overwhelmed students. Thank you that you'll be with the eager students. Thank you that you'll be with the nervous parents. And thank you that you'll be with the excited children, Lord. And we just thank you, Father God, that you're part of every single phase of our life. And we commit this next year to you, Lord. And I thank you that you will lead every single one of your people in the next year coming, Father God. Thank you that you promised to make a way where there seems to be no way. So, Lord, we thank you for that. And we commit this year to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's solo, please come and pray. I mean, I am lying. Please come and preach and teach us what the Lord has to say tonight. You. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. Thank you so much. Um, good day. Good evening. I'm very excited to be here, and um, thank you so much for taking your time out in the evening. Normally in the evening, uh, I remember way back when I was still um, young and, 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 and handsome, and uh, I normally say now I'm only handsome, you know? So uh, <laughs> I remember way back this time, around six or something, they would play those National Geography Animals times, you know? It was just after the wrestling, WrestleMania. I'm so happy that um, you can hear my age now, hey? So uh, it was so good just to watch that and be outside you know, the normal world, and it's so cool that you can make the sacrifice. There's so much that calls out for our attention, but you took time to be here, and I pray that the Lord will make it a fruitful time for, for you, as, as we're going to spend some time in His Word, and we will take it from there. This evening, I would like to share with you from Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. You're going to also see it on the screens. I'm reading from the NIV version. This is what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were eating a lot, hey? 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you. Your word is truth. Your word is life. We thank you that, Lord, with it you speak, you challenge, you invite. But yet, Lord, you intend to change. 
and make us more like you, Jesus. What a privilege. And as we unpack it, Lord, I pray that nothing of me but all that is of you would go out, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We just read uh, Acts chapter 2. It means there is Acts chapter 1. It means the story starts somewhere. And the story is about people who heard the gospel being preached by Peter. And the Bible, if you start with chapter 1 and you get into chapter 2, you will see that as this started out, you could see that it was about people that were preaching, that were coming in for a praising God, and they were coming on their own pilgrim to worship God, and then the Lord had an encounter with them. And as they had this encounter with God, something changed. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he stood in the midst of this crowd, and he started to speak the gospel. He spoke about who Jesus was from the Old Testament into the New Testament, how he has come and he was killed by the Jews and how he was hanged on the cross and why it was so important that he had to die. He had to die because of our sins. And so the Bible continues when it gets into chapter 2. It goes on and it says in verse 37, we didn't read it now, that they were cut to the heart when they heard these words from Peter. They were cut to the heart because Suddenly in the message, they could see what they have just done. They could see that they were sinful. That there was no goat or lamb or dove that could clean their sins. It was only the cost of life that can clean their sin. And it was not just any life. It was a pure life, the life of Jesus. And so the disciples are taking this a bit further when the people continued and they said, what does this mean? What must we do? You see, the word of God always requires a response. God never only just speaks and then he lets it go. He speaks and then he leaves you with a choice to make. What path will you take? Will you take this path your own way, doing your own thing? Or will you follow him and listen to him and do what he says? Sometimes we think that this road that God calls us to, it's heavy, it's burdensome. Can I tell you tonight, the price of going your own way is more expensive than the price of obedience. When we go our own way, we pay far more than if we choose to go his own way. When we choose to follow him, when we choose to do what he said we must do, fear him, follow his precepts and his ways. Now the Bible in verse 37 in chapter 2, it says that they were cut to the heart. What must we do with this message? It goes on to say, Peter responded and he said, repent and be baptized every single one of you. Repent of your ways, repent of doing your own thing. Turn away from it and follow God. So the title of my message this evening is this. Life in community of believers. Life or living in the community of believers. How do we live in this community of believers? What does it mean 
Because in verse 32, we read that suddenly the 3,000 that accepted they were baptized, they suddenly came together and they had this ecclesia, church. The first church, the first, the first miracle, you know, of, of coming together under one umbrella, Jesus. Up to that time, people prayed whoever they wanted, really. They didn't really care so much about God. But this group of people, having come under this umbrella of Jesus, they repented. They wanted to walk a different path. And so they came together and they became the first church that we read about in the book of Acts. The Bible says there were 3,000. Peter, what a man. One sermon, 3,000 people. Boom. It's fantastic because it's not normal, isn't it? It can be only be God. You see, when we lift up God in our lives, others are attracted because of we acknowledge him and we lift his name on high. I wonder what attracts others to you. What is inside of you? Living in community of believers has to mean something. And so if you go from the verses we've read now, verse 42 to verse 47, I would like to highlight the five things that scripture speaks about community and what it means to be living in the community of believers. The first thing is this. As a community, what it means to live in this community is this. We are to have fellowship. Community means fellowship. Community means coming together. Community means fellow. I just mentioned now that they broke bread. Then later they also break bread again. Ah, these people. What are they doing? They are pursuing fellowship. I once heard someone saying these words. A meeting without food must be called an email. <laughs> a meeting without food must be called an email. Fellowship happens around food, people. That's why South Africans love to bry. You know why? Because you have to get the coals going first, then you talk. Then after the coals are ready, then it happens that it's too hot. It must cool down a little bit. And then only you put the meat. And then the meat, you must leave it a little bit to be tenderized. You know, that kind of a thing. It's all about fellowship. A guy by the name of Newell, he was speaking to one of the top senior pastors in Hawaii, Wayne Cadero. And he was... Um, Collecting these cards, it's like today in South Africa, if you, if you own some Kruger rents, I don't know if any of you have those Kruger rents, they are these big gold, you know, half ounce of gold, real gold, you know, not plain stuff, you know, it's like proper things, half ounce of gold, and those Kruger rents, this guy was collecting something like that. Uh, in South Africa, I remember, I don't know about you, when they launched those five rand coins, and then they said the one five rand, if you, if you come and submit it, it might be up to 100,000 rands to exchange it. That's how many uh, people wanted to, because it had somehow union buildings or something like that in that inscripted. Ah. <laughs> 
and um, so this guy was collecting these things. And he was so proud, uh, Wayne, telling this guy, Noel. And he says, Noel, I'm collecting all these coins, all these uh, cards. You know, I'm soon going to be rich. And Noel said to Wayne, Wayne, I'm so happy for you. And Wayne said, but what are you collecting to be rich? Newell responded and he said, I'm collecting friends. We all need the right kind of company to be able to get to what God has called us to. The question this morning is this, who are you fellowshipping with? If you are who you hang out with, the question is, who are you hanging out with? Who's your fellowship? Who's the guy around your bride stand? Make sure he doesn't burn the meat, please. <laughs> we hear it all the time. Birds of the same feather, they flock together. And so the question is this, who do you hang out with? Who's in fellowship with you? These 3,000 believers, they immediately formed fellowship because they knew the only way they can sustain and maintain this relationship is through fellowship. Talking about the bride stand, if you take your tongue and you choose to take out one charcoal and put it on the side, away from other coals, do you think it will last as long as those ones that are together there? Next time when you bride, please sample. Because the one that's just there on its own will never burn as long as the ones that are there together. We are called to be in fellowship with one another. In this community this year, I encourage you, be in fellowship with fellow believers. In the year when it gets harder, don't come up with more excuses. Find more excuses at how you can belong. Belong and be in fellowship with others. That's what it meant for these believers. They were in fellowship. Community means fellowship with other believers. I encourage you. Choose who you hang out with. I think it was John Maxwell who said this. Show me your friends and I'll tell you your future. Who are your friends? Who are you fellowshipping with? That's what it meant for them. That's why there were 3,000, because there was nothing like that elsewhere. They desire to connect. They desire to be together. So that's what it means to be part of a community. It means fellowship with others. Jill was talking about connect. Connect is the right time, people. It's the right time. I know for a fact, when I was still a young, young guy, um, it was challenging, you know, connect couldn't just be connect. That time in my, you know, space, we had one here called The Zone. It's like, you know, and I was single that time, you know. I was, I was hunting, man, you know. I was, just, I was just looking, man. You're trying to find someone. Hey, someone who's praying Jesus like me, you know, who believes in the same values. I had to do this thing. I remember this girl that I liked. You know, I was in charge of the coffee machine 
and each person had to pay two rand for the coffee machine when it was at 10. No, it's for free. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm doing connect here. What do you mean? So I would like to encourage you, you know, look at other advantages too, you know. <laughs> you just might not know. By the way, that same girl is the one that I'm married to today. Hello. Because the community and the fellowship I was part of didn't just play with girls. You had to commit as a guy. We were challenging one another. We were keeping each other accountable. And so everything is intentional. So community means fellowship. The second thing that community meant, community also means family. Community means family. How do you do family? I don't know about you. There are a couple of things. I went to a family event last week, Saturday. It was my aunt. Uh, she was turning 50. And one of my cousins in this group of people, he came with his wife. But the wife was Sir Lemun, <laughs> to put it. Sir. Her face, no matter how, how, how much nice it was, the food, the company, she just never changed her face. <laughs> everybody was helping, everybody was cleaning up, everybody was saving one another. She remained a sir lemon. <laughs> it made it so difficult to be in her environment. We were about 20 people, but this one person suddenly became the focus. The challenging part was not that this person had a Sirle Moon face. The challenge was that she was part of the family. And that stuff drains you, isn't it? You get bothered. Why isn't this person changing? Somebody wants to talk to her, she's not interested. We are doing chairs for my aunt's 50th. She's not interested. We want to pray for my aunt and speak words of life. She's not interested. She is having this seer, lemon face. <laughs> and so I was so bothered about this thing, and I wanted to do something about it. But the problem is, with me, if I start something, I like to finish it. But I realize I can't finish it because she is seer today. So then, um, why I'm highlighting this point? I'm highlighting this point because we do not choose our families. But God still puts us in those families. There's no perfect family. Hello? There's no one who can say, my family is perfect. They've got it all together. There's challenges in our families. But this community of believers had a new kind of family. The family that shared the same values. What does it mean? You don't have, you don't remain with a sterile moon face. You speak what is wrong. You share if someone offends you, you speak it out. Because it's a value to speak the hurt and let someone else have a chance to say, I'm sorry, can you please forgive me? That's family. In our environment, we are called to hold that value of being a family of believers. We are called to live this value so that 
Christ can be seen in us. That's why Jesus, when he was praying, with the, when he was praying for his disciples in John chapter 15, he said that, that by their love for one another, the world would see me. They would know that I am with them and I'm for them. It's not with the miracles. It's not with anything. It's when we love one another. What does it look like when we love one another? Years ago, the year exactly was 1997, I was um, in this uh, place in, at, at home and um, a group of born again Christians, I, I was going to a traditional church that time. They came in our home and they offered to give prayer. That time my aunt was at home, she said, yes, they can come and pray. So they came and they gave, you know, the word and they shared and they sang one or two songs. And then they started to speak about God's word. And I was like amazed. Something was burning in my heart. What is this? I wanted to ask more questions. Why, why is God saying he's jealous in the Bible? Isn't it wrong to say you are jealous and yet you are God? You should be, you should be holy, not jealous, you know. And they would explain all these questions of mine because God is not jealous, you know, against you. He's jealous for you. He wants the best for you. And so they did this prayer, and I was so moved. And so I asked them a question. Where are you going last, next week? They said, no, we are going to this other house around the corner from your house. I said, can I come? They said, yes, you can come. That evening, I stepped in that room. They praised, they worshiped. We shared around the word of God. And then they did an altar call in this environment, in a life group. And right there, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I was only 13 years old that time. Why am I telling you this story? It's because in a family, you need to belong. Community means family. In this family, I was adopted. In this family, you choose, you avail yourself and say, God, I'm available and I want to be part of what you are doing. So community means fellowship. Community means family. We all need to belong. Which family do you belong to? Your normal biological flesh and blood family? Yes, of course. But there's a spiritual family, family of believers under the Lordship of Jesus. If you haven't made that decision, I would like to encourage you. Let not tonight pass you. All our leaders will be here. Some pastors will be here. Come, let's pray with you that the Lord can seal it in your heart that you may belong to his family. Community means fellowship. Community means family. Community also means sharing. Community also means sharing. We just read now that they sold their properties, they sold their possessions, and they brought it so that everybody can have enough. You see, when we share with others, God increases for those that give. God encourages us to be generous because God is generous. No one one day will come before the Lord and say, Lord, you owe me. No one can ever say that because everything already belongs to him. Deuteronomy 10, 14 tells us. Everything already belongs to him. 
And so when we are with other believers, we want to share. We want to be able to encourage them to stay the course. You don't see somebody who doesn't have food or who's a believer and doesn't have food or is struggling with something and you just say, I'll pray for you. May the Lord, you know, do you well and may you prosper. In this community, in Hatfield itself, we know that part of being in a life group, for example, it's that in the life group, some, some people lose their work, you know? Some people fail their exams, you know? Uh, some people go into hospitals. But in that environment, we always need someone to come around us, isn't it? And so we share our resources. And we give joyfully. Because we are part of God's family. And his call for us as a church is to go and make a difference. Is to go and make a difference. Years ago, we went and we had this orphanage home. And um, we were tasked to say, what is it that we can contribute? It was not a church event. It was a life group that decided what can they contribute. And they decided that they're going to go and see if they can paint the place. It wasn't so much the food. It was about what is it that the Lord was leading them to contribute. And they went there, and I was part of them. And we painted, we cleaned up, and the place looks, you know, fresh and new, and the kids can sleep in a better-looking place. And that wasn't too much of an effort. It was just being available and being willing to share what you have. Let me put it like this. If everyone takes, no one gets. But if everybody shares, everyone gets. It's God's desire that each one of us may give. But also as we give, we receive. Because he owes nobody. A community means fellowship. Community means family. Community means sharing. My fourth point, community means participation. No one is allowed to stand and not proactively participate. We are all called to participate where is your participation where are you volunteering we have opportunities here doesn't have to necessarily be only at church can be anywhere years ago in 2005 I felt the Lord challenging me it wasn't a big deal but I felt him challenging me um, that you know I was healthy and I didn't have any sicknesses or, or I wasn't on medication from a very young age I've never, you know, even broken an arm or a foot. You know, I was really blessed with this thing. You can hear now, you know, I wasn't the guy, uh, the adventure guy. Uh, still today, I haven't broken a foot, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of that stuff. But um, the biggest thing that I felt the Lord challenging me with, it was not heavy some, you know, heavy, heavy or anything like that. It was just a prompt in my heart where I felt the Lord saying that, how about you go and you donate blood? 
It was not a, a big thing. I was like, blood. Hey, hey, hey. Sounds, I didn't know this thing. Hey, hey, you know? And I thought, yeah, donating blood. And what if I'm weak? And then what if I, I faint? And hey, you know, where's my blood going to go? And then you hear horrible stories. No, they throw away your blood afterwards. They're just making people feel better about themselves. And, you know, you read all sorts of stuff. And then if, eventually I went with a friend. And uh, they, they drew our blood. And they do, I think they do about, uh, a, 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 about a pint, about 450 mils or so. And, um, yes, it was, it, was, it was not that bad, you know, uh, to do this blood thing. But can I tell you, having done that, it felt so fulfilling because I was now actively participating in what God has told me to do. Are you participating in what God has told you to do? Do you know what that is? We are called to participate, to volunteer, to give our times, to share in this kingdom and to make a difference where we go. Participation. Where are you playing an active role to advance his kingdom? It can be in your varsity space. It can be in your workspace. It can be in your family space. But make sure that you are not sitting on the sideline. Make sure that you are proactive in the kingdom of God. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant in the things of God. Don't look and say, ah, that's for the leaders, that's for the pastors. No, it's also for you. It's also for you. In your own space, it's also for you. Will you participate? Being part of a community means participation. My last point. Being in a community means fellowship. Being in a community means family. Being in a community means sharing. Being in a community means participation. And the last one, being in a community means grace. Because we cannot do it in our own strength. Somewhere, somehow, somebody's going to do something or say something, and then they're going to have to, hey, I'll let them know who I am. <laughs> but the reason why community means grace, grace means unmerited favor. It means Showing kindness when the other person doesn't deserve it. Forgiving somebody when they don't deserve it. Showing love to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Community means grace because God knows in our own strength we cannot do it. Interesting in that verse 37 and 38, it says that not only were they to be baptized and repent, but also that they would be able to receive the Holy Spirit. He is our enabler. He is our enabler. He's the one who helps us to do this family, this fellowship, this sharing, this participation. Because in us, it's not a natural thing to do. For us, we want to take as much as we want 
and we keep it to ourselves. But we are called for something bigger. God desires that in your context that you may experience grace from him, but that you may also give grace. Share his love. Share his kindness. The questions that I have this evening are these. Where do you belong? Where are you connected? And where are you making a difference? If you cannot answer any of those questions, perhaps it is time to be part of a community. Now Jesus knew, and he asked them similar questions, his disciples, before he left. But Jesus is interesting, and I would like to ask for the worship team to please come. The Bible says that Jesus, when he was about to leave, he sat down around the table with his disciples and he broke bread and he gave thanks. Matthew 26, 26. He broke bread and he gave thanks and he said these words. This, take it and eat, it's my body. Which is given for the sins and for the forgiveness of many. And so he broke bread and afterwards Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood. This is the, the blood of, of a covenant that I'm making with you. Take it and drink it for your forgiveness of your sins and to be cleansed. Tonight, many words are being shared, but I was saying to someone today that it's only Jesus who died and rose again. He's the only one who has ownership of your life and mine. Until somebody else does it publicly, and dies and rises again, I will still remain to believe in him. And so tonight, this has been set up for you. It says in the Bible, in verse 42 we just read, they broke bread and they shared the word and scripture and they also prayed. I would like to invite all of you that are here to come and participate here. Don't sit on the stands. Come. Let us break bread together. Let us say, Lord, we again remember your sacrifice for us. We remember who you've called us to be. This community, this community on a mission to fellowship with each other, to belong in a family, to share with others, to participate and to show grace and make a difference in the world around us. I would like to invite all of us here to come. There will be a booklet on this table. 
that you can use during the week to pray. There will be a Bible reading plan here or you can use an electronic one on your smartphone and come and let's break some bread also. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you that you are very practical. You don't go around circles and try to help us to catch up on something. You are straightforward. Do we want to be this community or not? Father, each and everyone who is here and is willing and is saying, I want to be part of that community. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, as we break the bread, the communion that reminds us of who you are. Lord, may you remind us that to be a community is not in our own strength. All you require of us is, are we available and are we willing? Thank you, Lord, for your grace for us to respond to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please come. You're welcome. Come and break some bread. You can pray here with someone or when you've broken bread, you can pray for one another. But let us do community as he has called us to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like prayer, there will be leaders in the front to pray with you. Thank you. encourage everyone who takes the bread and the cup that please don't drink it alone um, grab someone that you can pray with ask the person what would you like to pray for and what can I pray with you for and let us encourage one another with that thank you <laughs> 